You are now listening to the NYYST Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 196 of the NYYST Podcast. I am your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And Stat Guy Rye. What up? What's going on, fellas? Nerf fan. Happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday, Thank Christian. You. Thank you, fellas. Back in our Sunday saddle here. We've gone, what, three, four weeks recording Monday night. Now we're back here. Uh, recording Sunday morning, uh, Yankees took care of business in the American League Wild Card Series, swept the Cleveland Indians two games to none. Now we're sitting here waiting for baseball Monday night. Uh, you know the Tampa Bay Rays. And, Would you uh, want anyone else in the first round, like in the in the ALDS? I mean, the Astros. Nah, Astros. I I I want if I'm going to play the Astros, I want it to be in in the ALCS again. Yeah, but they're not that. I mean, they're not really that good this year. So it's like you. Well, they beat like Minnesota you, in Minnesota. Didn't you hear Carlos Correa? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, we might we might have to get into that a little bit later on. Uh, he's like that's the validation a baseball team needs to know you're good is when you beat Minnesota and you're not home, so you can't cheat. So that's what I didn't want to. I didn't. I know a lot of Yankee fans were were ragging on Minnesota, and I didn't want to say anything because Yankees hadn't advanced yet. But my God, dude, 18 straight postseason losses. Let me tell you something, too. You, you had the entire country rooting for you. You had every single baseball fan that cares enough about baseball to watch all these games rooting for you. Uh, outside of the Astros, a- outside of Astros fans, no one wants to see the Astros win. No one. No one. And you had the whole world on your side, and you fucking blew it. You blew it big time. This is the quote from Carlos Correa. I know a lot of people are mad. I know a lot of people don't want us here, but what are they going to say now? Uh, They're going to say you you beat a team that's now lost 18 consecutive postseason games. I mean, you're a loser. You're a loser. Before we get to... We got it. Listen, we got a lot of stuff to get to. We got a lot of of Yankee postseason stuff. But first, uh, support for this episode of the MOISC podcast brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming. You've been hearing us talk about them for like four weeks now about our bowls. Um, seriously, check out the lawnmower 3.0. Uh, it's a third generation trimmer, which features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Um, I'm check actually th- wearing the Manscaped boxer shorts today. How fucking comfortable get- are those dude? It's like, you know what? I know we have women that listen to this show. So I don't want to. There's get like three. Too, there's like three women. We who don't want to get. Show. We don't want to get too into what it's like. But you know, it, it's it's really comfortable. It's almost as if you're wearing nothing at all. It really is. Like if you're a free baller, but you need the support, you go to manscaped.com. You use promo code MIST20. You save twenty percent off with free shipping. 
Again, that's MYYST20. Head over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping off your entire order. Like, I know people are like, oh, I'm not shaving my pubes. I'm not trimming my ball Like, hairs. dude, it's 2020. Well, you know, We're not in the 60s first anymore. All, first of all, that's your prerogative. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. You don't have to. I, I'm not advocating for it. It's, it's a comfort thing for me, so that's why I do it. But you don't want to spend the money. You don't want to do all that bullshit. Fine. Then we move on and say, get the ball deodorant. Who doesn't need right. less smelly balls? Right. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't need my balls smell fine. Fine, bro. But fine, bro. You need, you need these boxer shorts. There's no man on earth that doesn't need comfortable underwear. Yeah. Let me tell you something. These were phenomenal. They're, and you know what? That's the thing too. It's more, it's more hygiene than it is anything else. Like you don't have to go on and get a razor. You can get the ball deodorant. You can get the foot, the foot duster. I think it is. My wife fucking will. I'm not. I involuntarily will just spray it on my feet. You can get anything, and you can save twenty percent by using MMIST twenty. And also, please, please listen to me. If you're listening to the show and you're a big fan of ours, please take a second. Head over to iTunes. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. We want to hear from you. How'd you feel about the first round? Maybe you wish uh, Christian a happy birthday or something. I don't know. Just please, if you have a second, take the time and uh, leave us a five-star rating and review. Now. Hey, uh, hey, B. Rabbit, you got anything to add to that over there? Look at him, bro. He looks like Eminem from 8 Miles. Well, I'm cold. I'm cold, man. Oh, it's the weather. It's freezing up the weather's here now. Been- I feel like my mic is uh no we're good it's probably just because I got my uh yeah yeah right it's probably up. the four layers of I'm wearing a hoodie things bro. you have over your I'm wearing ears. a hoodie okay I got a hoodie yeah, before on. we move on to the Yankees I mean let's just wrap up this comment on Carlos Correa I mean this is what fans around Major League Baseball this is why you are the most hated player in Major League Baseball yeah. because there's just there's just no remorse there's just more of the the cocky attitude like all right you beat the twins shut up and move on that's it yeah i mean nobody wants to hear about you saying oh now what do you have to say you won bro congratulations the twins are the biggest fraud team in major league baseball and like guess what no one's they might even be a bigger fraud no they might even be a bigger fraud than the astros because at least the astros Without cheating, can still go out there and win a postseason game. The Twins have lost eighteen consecutive postseason games. Is it's there nearly more... impossible? It's nearly impossible. Yeah, it, it, it really think, is. Is the last postseason game they won game one of the DS against the Yankees in 04? Was yes. that the last game they yes. won? Yes. That's un, that's unbelievable. And it's not to say you're going to say, "Oh, that's sixteen years," but they've made the postseason a lot, a lot. in sixteen years. Look to play eighteen. Listen. To lose 18 straight games in the postseason since 2004, that means you're making it a lot and getting eliminated very early, obviously. So they so make it a lot. They, so, it, so just factor in the two wild card series they were in. So that's 15 game. You take that's 15 games remaining. That means they got swept in three other DSs. You know, so they made the postseason seven times in 16 years. That's that's almost half, which a lot of other teams in Major League Baseball don't have that type of success. You no. think that you cannot win one game. And they, they've had leads in some of these games. Like, the we the wild card game in 2017, like, they, come on, dude. Like, you're up 3 nothing after, and then the Yankees win that game going away. I mean. Here's so, my thing with I the Astros. Think, uh, this, 
like from the beginning, from the second they came out with their stupid bullshit apology, it's been this chip on their shoulder the whole time. Right. Like, okay, guess uh, guess I'll apologize, but guess what? We're still the fucking best team in baseball, and look what we just did. Yeah, stop. stop it's like they victim. have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, you're not the victim. You were the you were the ones who cheated. But let me ask you guys something here. I wanted to ask. I meant to ask you this. I'm glad I thought of it. What team? What team of these three is the worst to be a fan of? Okay, you have the the Mariners, right? They haven't been to the playoffs since '99. You have the Twins who haven't no, won. The Yankees beat them in 2001, I think. Or 2001. Yes. All right, my mistake. They haven't since 2001. I think they're the well, current. Still, it's been a very long time. Yeah, right? very, <laughs> very long time and still the longest uh, without a playoff appearance in baseball. So you have that team. Twins haven't won a playoff game since 2004. 18 straight losses. Or now this team, the Cincinnati Reds, who haven't won a postseason round since October 6th. 1995 that was the last time they won uh, as against the Dodgers in the NLDS of 1995 they come out and don't even score a run in 22 innings in two games in this year's postseason so of those three teams the Reds Mariners and Twins which of those three is the worst to be a fan of because they're they're all all three have different reasons for being really really frustrating to root for honestly for me I kind of take into account Okay, for instance, if the Yankees lost game two when they were down 4 nothing, if they ended up blowing that game after coming back, I would have just said, you know what, just fucking lose. Just just get fucking blown out 9 nothing. Don't Don't, like, pull at my heartstrings here. Mm-hmm. And in that instance, I would almost say the Twins, but at least the Twins have stayed competitive where I, for seven seasons, I've known my team was in the thick of things and I can watch baseball seriously. Right. I'd have to say the Reds. No, it's throw the, the Indians in there too because they haven't won since what forty eight. Yeah, yeah. I, for me it's the Mariners, dude. You just never for nineteen years you just never have a shot. Yeah, but dude, the, at least they had a guy in uh, King Felix that they were excited to see pitch every five days. Yeah, so that means they would won twenty percent of their games. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, at least there was at least there were some big names over there. But as I mean, yeah, wins, Ichiro for a while. The, who have the Reds had other than Joey Votto? I mean, they had an old Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, right, but like, yeah, on. that's a good point. That's a good. Come point. on, yeah. he was a shell of himself. Jay at that Bruce, point. they had for a little in those those early years. They had some good teams with Votto and Bruce. I mean, it, it, pick your poison. It's, just, it, it's like a few weeks ago, maybe even month and a half ago. Now, I ran a poll on Twitter and I referenced it really quick. Is like, would you rather be a team that makes the postseason ten consecutive years but never gets to a title? Or gets or never wins a title, or would you rather be a team that in ten years wins two titles, but in the other eight years you finish last? We we talked about that on this show actually. I don't know if you purposely I did I that. Remember, and I said that looking forward, I'd rather be the Yankees who are competitive every year. But when you take the big picture, of course, I'm taking those championships. But looking forward in this instance. Of what I'd rather be, and knowing I can't go back in time, and re- I would rather be the Yankees, who are at least competitive and give give me hope every season. Mm-hmm. But of course, if if you're giving me the opportunity to go back ten years and what I would do, of course I'm taking the championships. But I but in the present moment, I'd rather have a team right now that's competitive every year and gives me a chance. That's false. What do you mean? If I told you right now from twenty. 20- 
21 but to 20, 31. It's, it's different the for me. You're going to win two titles, but finish last in the other eight years, or or be a 100-win team and get knocked down the AOCS every year. I'm taking the championships. Take right. That's what I just said. You don't. You just don't listen to yeah, me. I said, if you're giving me the opportunity to go back 10 years and you're giving me that opportunity to, to pick... Of course, I'm taking the championships, but right yeah, but now, there's a in, lot of fans that don't that would rather be competitive. No, that's year. so dumb. Right now, in the present moment, if you asked me, would you sacrifice having competitive Yankee teams every year that you can at least watch until September, even when they're out of it? By September, you get a full season of baseball. Right now, in this present moment, yeah, I'm taking what I have, and I'm not going back because I can't re-experience those things. If you're giving me the opportunity to relive my last 10 years as a Yankee fan, I'm taking the championships, of course. Mm-hmm. Since 2000, you want to take, uh, since 04. Fuck you. Or oh, you, oh, bring oh, you want to take, whatever. You want to take 2009 out of the equation. Since, even though the Red Sox have been bad and they finished last when they don't seem to make the postseason, wouldn't you rather be the Red Sox that put a absolutely. couple notches on your belt? Yeah, absolutely. But not in this present so the, day. No, well, not today, obviously, but... Yes, if, if I'm going back one, 10 years, I'm taking the championships. Or if I told you to look ahead, whose future would you rather have? The Yankees. Knowing that you could, that you could take... You could put two titles on your wall and be terrible the other eight years. You want the two titles. It's a little different for me because I don't enjoy other sports. Like, I don't get into other sports or other teams other than the Yankees and baseball. So, for you guys, if the Yankees were bad in last place... Yeah, you'd still watch it and whatever, but you have other things to fall back on. Right, what, sports-wise? But like, even I'd be that, miserable. But even that, I'd say myself, and I'd say Christian, too, we're, we're Yankee fans and everything else. Yeah, no, of course. Very, I'm just I'm saying the fallback. You have right, fallback. there's definitely a fallback, sure. I'm just saying, bro, Like, I, I don't understand the idea of coming close. I'd rather win. Yeah, you have even to win. Even if I'm terrible. What, what is coming close? Yeah, that's... That's why being a Twins fan has to be and like, so, so depressing. I'm kind of glad you brought this up because... Yeah, maybe it's better to be a Twins fan, uh, a Mariners fan because you just right? have no hope. Because, like, because then you have that hope. Like this year, Twins fans had hope. They were the two seed, right? This year, Minnesota. And they get swept again. I'm glad you brought this up because I had a fight with someone on Twitter. And we'll get to Boone when we discuss the, the two games against Cleveland. But he he came at... He posted something on one of my tweets that was like, Boone has made countless errors in the la- in his time here, and it's time to get rid of him. And I was like, was the, did he did he do this during his first season of 100 wins or his second season of 100 wins, um, or was it in uh, when he made the postseason both times and made it to Game Six of the ALCS last year? Like, for me, I understand that winning is everything. Right. So those 100 wins in the grand scheme of things don't matter. But when you're when you're sitting here and telling me that a manager sucks and that he's made countless errors, you're wrong. And it does come down to wins. If you say if you if your argument was he can't seem to seal the deal in the postseason, then we have a different argument here. But you're telling me he sucked since he's been here. No, he hasn't. Nah, he, he definitely. I mean, you look at his record. You're like you just said. I mean, there's so, there's no way you can say he sucks. So, you could say maybe he hasn't been great. But so what was his say. argument back to me? What? When we all know wins don't matter. Okay. Okay. When evaluating a manager, wins don't matter. Wins don't matter. Right. And I gotta be. And I gotta also. 
give him credit though. He he said he misworded what he said, and then he did. Unlike most fans who rip Boone, I asked him. I said, "Well, if they win the World Series this year, are you going to give credit where it's due?" And he said, "Absolutely, I'll gladly give credit where it's due and and be happy to be wrong." And I said, "Well, then I can respect your your opinion mm-hmm. at this point, where most fans would would blame him for not making it, and then when when he did." They just give credit to the players. Well, I'll tell you with this three batter minimum rule and the the constant games, the schedule being relentless going forward. Once these games get going, the manager's role is going to be magnified this year Absolutely. so much more than it's been the last decade. Absolutely, and, and we're going to see if Aaron Boone has what it takes to kind of help this team. Absolutely, keep going. So the Yankees are. Uh keeping going here. They beat the Indians uh, 2-0 in the wild card round. Uh, Tuesday night was just a uh, just a dominating performance from Garrett Cole. Seven innings, two runs, 13 strikeouts. Uh, pretty much what you wanted to see out of him. Uh, he got into a little bit of trouble there. I think it was the third or fourth inning. Uh, the Yankees had just pulled up 3 nothing. And uh, Ramirez hit that double, and then they had runners. Uh, I think they still had two on with two out. Uh, he he went in there and he locked it down, and that was the last time you ever felt any type of worry in that game because the Yankees' offense just busted out in a big way against Shane Bieber, who is another one of these Indians ace pitchers that faced the Yankees in the postseason, coming off a you know a Cy Young type. He's going to win the uh, Cy Young, absolutely. you know, a Cy Young year, and just. You know, he doesn't show up in a big game. I saw tweets, uh, people making excuses that he didn't feel comfortable on yeah, the mound. The on mound. His, home mound. his home mound. On his home mound. On his home mound. That, that Garrett Cole uh, was also in- pitching on. Right. Yeah. And, got and then there were some Indian fans tweets saying that the Yankees uh, had the signs or mm-hmm. he was tipping pitches because mm-hmm. the Yankees were ready for his fastball. So, I mean, they were making excuses for the guy, but and all in all uh, – the Yankees took care of business on Monday night. Uh, I heard this on the radio yesterday, and I wanted to bring it up today. I mean, we really don't have to go too much into depth in the game one. Uh, you know, Garrett Cole did what we needed him to do, go out there and dominate for seven innings. Uh, and then the offense just they completely obliterated the Indians pitching. But Aaron Judge, again, sets the tone for a playoff game with a big two-run home run in the first inning. Uh and then pretty much hasn't done anything since. Now you know the the you know because you got to manufacture stories. You know are people saying that we should? You know people are saying we should be worried as Yankee fans about Aaron Judge because he hasn't quote done anything in the postseason this year. Well, when you give your ace a two nothing lead before he even takes the mound, I would argue that that is not uh, that is doing actually doing something. Considering that Cole only gave up two earned runs that entire game. I'd say not only did it set the tone, it put the Yankees in a position to really, if they lost, be inexcusable with your ace on the mound. And I'll say this too. You look at, I remember tweeting in the first 10 games, I think Judge had nine the nine home runs. I know he was hurt, but He's been back for a little while now. He hasn't hit one. He hasn't hit for power since he came back. So the fact that he had nine home runs all year and those nine home runs came within like the first ten games he played, 
and then he comes out and sets the tone like that. That's that's like beyond what I was what I was expecting from him at that point. And yeah, he hasn't done much since, but he's still Aaron Judge in yeah. in this lineup. His right last now. his last home run before that one uh, in Game One against Cleveland was August eleventh. Gotta go all the way back to the. So 11th. he had eight home runs. I believe then in the first, yeah, yeah, well, in the first ten games, yeah. So, I mean, the fact that he came out and did that, and like Christian said, with with Garrett Cole in the mound, that was everything. Because what's the one when we were going into that game, we're not questioning what we're getting out of Garrett Cole. We're not sitting there going, I, I really, I don't know what we're gonna get out of Garrett Cole tonight. No, we know what we're expecting. Our biggest thing we were questioning is what are we going to get out of this offense? And Aaron Judge answered that question immediately. Aaron Judge had five straight games with the home run Yeah, this season from yep. uh, it was uh, July 29th to August 2nd. And that was and he had two in one of those games. So that's six. Six of the nine home runs came in five straight games. Yeah, he hasn't hit for power since he's been back. But it just again, it. It goes to the point of it's not what you do, it's when you do it. If Aaron right. Judge hit that home run in the ninth inning on of Wednesday's game, he's a hero. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the guy that put the Yankees on top or, you know, you know, extends the lead to where you don't have to worry about the bottom of ninth or whatever. But I'll argue that if the Yankees make a deep run here where they're in the World Series, that's as big of a hit as any that they might have gotten in this entire postseason run. The fact that you put your ace on the mound with a lead is you can't you can't underscore how big that is. I tweeted this right before the game. I said early and often has never early and often has never been more relevant to any team than it will be for the Yankees. And I said, you got to put pressure on Garrett Cole. I tweeted it. I tweeted it. You got to put pressure on Garrett Cole to hold the lead instead of putting pressure on this offense to break through a deficit here because that's going to make the difference. Mm -hmm. I said, the the team who scores first is going to win this game, and I was right. And you can argue, a rational fan can argue, that if Aaron Judge doesn't hit that home run mm-hmm. in the first inning and if the Yankees don't set the tone that way, right. that maybe we're having our therapy session right now and the Yankees don't win those maybe two games. Maybe Bieber turns it around. You know, you know, and to add to your point, Christian, about you know, fans may be saying that Judge isn't there yet and uh, he hasn't had that big hit, but you, you look at the precedent set by the Yankees and in terms of first inning home runs in the postseason and how important it's been for them this year, that that set the tone. You look at against Oakland in that wild card game. What was that two years ago? Judge sets the tone there. You look at the biggest postseason home run other than DJ LeMay, who's against Houston last year in the postseason for the Yankees, was Didi Gregorius' first inning home run against the Minnesota Twins. So, yeah, it might not have come in the ninth inning, but that first inning to set the tone is just as, if not even more important when you're a team like the New York Yankees. So, first inning, ninth inning, I don't care. Big. Since, since we since the Yankees have been playing the Indians, I appeared on uh, Munch's hell of a radio job with show. Munch too, bro. Thank you. Out in Ohio on uh, Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning, uh, talking about these games, and I made the point that you know Stanton hits a monster home run in the ninth inning on uh, in Game One, where it, he makes it eleven to two, and people are twelve to two. I'm sorry, and people are like. Typical stand home run game doesn't count, but here's my point. And we go back to the seventh inning 
where Stanton has runners at first and second. He hits a little dribbler, weak ground ball, whatever it was, to first base, advances the runners over, allows Urshela to come up with a sack fly. The Yankees score four runs in that inning, sets up an entire inning. These are the types of things that we talked about that you have to do in the postseason. It doesn't matter if the score is 15 to nothing. In the postseason, there are no cheap runs. There are no unimportant runs. There are no tack. There, there's just tack on runs where you need to just keep scoring and scoring and scoring. This is not the regular season. A team's not going to pull off eight, down 8 nothing. And nor should the team up 8 nothing start pulling off. And Stan got himself going. He had a big home run, you know, the Yankees were down 4 nothing in game two, and they're going to say, oh, typical stand, down 4 He got him on the board. You Again, can't setting the tone under, for the offense. Can't underscore how big that is. The Yankees are down 4 nothing after Tanaka pitched through a goddamn hurricane in the first inning. Literally. And Stan comes up and hits a big home run to get them on the board and get them get them back in the game. Yeah, and I don't know That's, if you remember this. You were actually at the game. Um, it was game one against the or, – yeah, game one against the Twins last year. And he didn't do much. Like, if you looked at his box, if you looked at the box score and you looked at Stanton's uh, line there, he didn't do much. But it was the little things. He had a couple really big at-bats. He had productive outs. And those are just as important right now, especially we had a whole episode last week where we talked about the Yankees' weaknesses in their holes. And my biggest point was the middle of this this lineup needs to be productive. And that doesn't just mean hitting home runs every time they get up or, or popping ones in the gap. It means if you're going to get an out, be productive, especially yeah, with no okay. outs. on. So let's just to add to that. All right. Be productive. Uh, Stanton in that game one, he went 0 for 1, and eventually, I think he got might have gotten hurt in that game, but 0 for 1, three walks. Three walks, and they were really good at bats and Productive. big and big at bats. Yeah. And he had a, that, I remember that at bat vividly that he grounded out. I think the Yankees had the bases. It was a, three it was a dribbler. Game. Yeah, he got, he had a really good at bat. I think he was just a little over anxious, feeling the moment too much yeah. at that mm-hmm. point, but then he settled in. I mean, three walks, you know. I know you're paying the guy $25 million a year to hit home runs, but, hey, if they don't want to pitch to you, they don't want to pitch to you. You got to take your base. Yeah, I mean, those were some big moments. And, and yeah, he did get hurt again, Ryan. I don't think he did play that next series. We but Hammy or something. But you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. I don't want to get too excited about this offense because in the first round last year, I mean, the Yankees' offense was was there. They were, and then the first game against Houston, they put up seven runs, I believe, too. So they were there in that game one, and then they totally disappeared. Yeah, I mean this this offense needs to continue. I got to give the Yankees credit, man, because you look at the score and you say, and it's easy to just say, yeah, the Yankees fucking dominated. It was twelve to three, right? Was the final in yeah. game one, uh, and then they they came back in game two and put up a bunch of runs. Um, you got to really break it down and just look at the approach from everyone, top to bottom. Outside of Aaron Hicks in his last at-bat of Game 2, which was literally the worst at-bat I've ever seen in my entire life, and that's saying a lot. Um, the Yankees up and down, even when they didn't get the big hit and, and, got, and got out, they had a great approach at the plate. Um, top to bottom, I mean, whoever's doing those scouting reports, and I got to give Maggie Gray credit as as awful as 
Maggie Gray and and whatever. Uh, what's his What's his name? The Muppet. Yeah, Melusis, right? As yeah, bad as they are, I got to give Maggie Gray a lot of credit on this point, and I don't know if she heard it from somewhere else, but I'm going to give her Probably credit. Probably if, it's a, good, if yeah. it's a good point. She said, you got to think about what kind of scouting report the Yankees are going to get from Matt Blake being someone who really built Shane Bieber up when he was up and coming. I mean, she Matt Blake. With that on her own. She definitely didn't. But like Matt Blake and Shane, Be- Shane Bieber gives a lot of credit to Matt Blake for where he is right now. And you got to imagine that Matt Blake had a good, a good scouting report. Hey, don't swing at this guy's off speed. Wait for that fastball. He uses that fastball in the zone to get a strike. Those curveballs he throws all year. The reason why he has so many swings and misses is because. Most of the time, they're nowhere near the strike zone. It's, his stuff is just that good. So if you can pick up on when that curveball's coming, just don't swing. And that's what the Yankees did every single every single at-bat. They waited for that fastball, and they capitalized. Yeah, I mean, that was a great performance in Game 1. And then uh, Major League Baseball really screwed the pooch in Game 2. They oh. delayed the game by 50 minutes right into the storm. Right. I mean, look, it wasn't great when Carrasco pitched, but I mean, like you were looking at like a disaster movie scene when Tanaka was on the mound in in the bottom of the first inning there. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, everybody talked up playoff Tanaka and he, he had a clunker. There's no doubt about it. He was probably due for one, but also, I mean, after the first inning when, uh, you know, he was pitching under normal circumstances. He settled in. He gave the Yankees, uh, you know, three scoreless innings to allow them to get back into the game. Uh, he was he was the one charged with the two runs in the fifty. You know, Chad Green came in and gave up the home run to uh, the double to Ramirez, but he settled in. He allowed the Yankees to to be able to come back in that game and take a six to four lead. Which again, these are things that cannot be understated. You look at Tanaka's final line score. He gives up six runs in in four plus innings or whatever it was. And you're like, wow, he sucked. He was terrible. But then you watch the game and you're like, okay, well, you know what? He gives up a couple of runs in torrential downpour, comes back out after a 40-minute delay, gives up a couple more runs, and then he settles himself down for three innings, allows the offense to come back and score. That's that's important. These are, yeah. you know, he allowed to, because if Boone has to, if he comes out there in the second inning and doesn't have anything, and Boone's in that bullpen in the second inning, you know, the Yankees are playing a game Thursday night. You know what's funny, too? That that was the first time we saw Tanaka struggle, really, in the postseason. So you, you look at, all right, let's, let's, let's compare playoff Tanaka to regular season Tanaka. You know, playoff Tanaka, he's going to put out great starts, but that was the first time we're seeing him struggle. And when you see Tanaka struggle in the regular season, it totally implodes in the game. It, it's a wa- it's a wash pretty much right away. So for him to come out and and struggle and not have his best stuff, but still keep this team in it, that's just another sign that this guy is a different pitcher in the postseason. Yeah, and I got to say, during that game with Tanaka, I started to get a little nervous. And I'm not giving him the excuse with the weather, even though that was just fucking insane. And who knows what he would have had coming out um, without that weather, with good weather. But his last start really wasn't the sharpest for him in 2019 in the postseason. He gave up three no, earned Houston. Yeah, three earned runs, four runs total in five innings. And that was the most earned runs he had given up in a postseason game. Um, in his last two postseason starts, he has nine earned runs given up 
every other game before that combined that he's pitched, which is seven other games in the postseason, he's only given up six total. Uh-huh. Um, so All that's right, so Jordan Montgomery starts game two. No, no, no. Well, here's what I was going to say. Also, outside of the games where um, in the regular season where Tanaka's going up against uh, Darvish, or he had another one. Um, I forget which one it was a couple years ago, but some of his best games have been against the Rays. I remember last year, Masiro Tanaka had one of his best regular season performances ever against the Rays. Um, I'm confident that you're going to see a different different pitcher. You're going to see more of the playoff Tanaka in game two of this series. Well... I think things that we, you know, you brought up Boone earlier, so I think maybe we could talk about the, his bullpen usage in this game. Uh, I liked how he was re- he was really aggressive with Green and Britain. Uh, here's the thing about Chad Green, though. He got bit by throwing that slider to Ramirez, and then he just realized that people couldn't hit his fastball. Yes, and he turned, and he, and he turned it on, and he couldn't, they couldn't touch him. I mean... Chad Green, he doesn't throw the hardest. I think, what is he really top at, 95, But he's 96. got a hard fastball, dude. That but thing comes in hard. He's got, he's got, he's got a must-have late life, some type of movement on it. Yeah. Because guys, when his fastball is at its peak, guys can't hit him. Yeah. He's got to rely on it more. And I understand that you want to show something different. You don't want to be a one-dimensional pitcher, but... And maybe he didn't realize it in the at-bats of Ramirez that guys couldn't hit his fastball. But, man, he got bit by the slider, and he didn't. I don't think he went back to it for the rest of his outing. Yeah. I gotta. If we're going to talk about Boone, I got to be really critical of Boone in Game 2. I thought he did a terrible job. A terrible job. And it wasn't in the situations that everyone was complaining about. Like, for me, going to Loisica there was not a bad move. I don't think no, it was a bad. it's a terrible move. I didn't, be, I didn't I, think so at all at that point. Um, my biggest concern was Loisica gets out of that inning. That's it now. You got to go to someone else there. And he just leaves him in, and I'm just sitting there going, you, gotta, you cannot lose this game. And you absolutely can't lose this game with Jonathan Loisica on the mound. Yeah, I just don't think he wanted to go to Chapman there. He ended up going to Chapman there. I don't think he wanted to, and I don't think he has any trust in anybody else in that bullpen right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, For me, I'm sorry. I'm losing with Adam Adovino on the mound before I'm losing with with, uh, Jonathan Luizica on the mound. I am. I'm sorry. Where did Ryan go? I don't know. I think he's pulling a Tyler Wade. Look, dude, I understand from that perspective because I even tweeted that uh, Jonathan Wozniak is never the answer. I don't want to see him pitching high leverage spots in the postseason. I understand the Yankees are kind of they're short. They really only have three guys in that bullpen that Boone has any trust in. But my goodness, dude, can you? I mean, is Holder real? I mean, is Holder the guy in that spot? Then you want Holder in the eighth inning? I'm shocked I mean, he didn't go to Holder more because Holder had a really good year. I mean, Holder was really solid for the Yankees this year. He's so feast or famine, though. Yeah. With Holder. Holder can completely destroy a game in a matter of seconds. But then he has these outings where he looks like he could be a reliable piece to the bridge. Yeah, and you got to give Stack Irad credit here because he's he's been saying this since the guy went down that, that Tommy Canely was going to be their biggest, their biggest blow 
out of all the injuries. Yeah, you, where did you hear that first? Where did you? Yeah, hear that first? yeah, it was here, and we t- and we took a whole episode last week. We took a whole segment where we said that was going to be what hurt them the most, and the and the Yankees' entire season almost went into the gar- more of a that seemed to be a big story in this. Series yeah, yeah, because right? they're yeah. because with without Tommy Canley in that game too, the Yankees' season's almost thrown away. Because I'm telling you right now, and I tweeted this too. I I tweeted that when the Yankees went down four nothing, I said they will win this ball game. Just hang in there; they'll win it. And then later on in the game, they had a lead, and I said it's still to be determined if I'm right about this tweet. But there's one thing I can be sure of: if the Yankees lose this game, they're not winning Game Three. You're not going to beat a team twelve to three, demoralize them, and then come back from a four nothing deficit off a huge grand slam from Geo and then continue to give the lead back and then lose that game and then come out and win a game three when you have a guy like Jay Happ or whoever pitching in that game and you're depleting your bullpen. You are not winning game three. So the Yankees had to win that game too. You you wanted to say that Boone did a bad job, but Boone managed this game to win it. He did. I, I, I have I, to say that he... There, was, he there made, were a couple things that I just didn't agree with. But you would you say he man, he managed this game to, to win it? Oh, I absolutely. Think. I mean, when you're bringing Chapman in in that instance, when he did, you're obviously playing to win it. It's it for you. It's it's really an elimination game in your mind at that point. Uh, see, I, I under I hated the move to to Luizica just because I don't trust him. And if you're gonna and I know a lot of people are saying, if you're going to bring in Chapman in the eighth, why not start him in the eighth inning? Why didn't you give him the eighth inning? I and actually I thought that too. And I understand, but you know, I got to be fair. I understand why Boone doesn't want to have to rely on Chapman for two innings there, especially when they don't have the lead. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, to me, right? they weren't they weren't up at that point. To me, I no. thought it before it was, A-Rod said it was it. Uh, it was a tie. No. Do you have your other? Do you have your other earbud near the microphone? Right now, they weren't. No, it's behind me. So now you you swap Luizaga's role will now be. I think Luis Sessa just hopped over him in the depth chart. Oh God, another guy, dude. Just dude, like, I feel like I feel like we kind of undersell Luis Sessa's importance to this team. He actually, if you look at his numbers, he hasn't. He's been a pretty damn good pitcher considering his role for this team. Yeah, I think I, I think we need to start again, giving him a little bit of credit for what he's been able to do in that role. I'm not saying he's a good a, a great pitcher, but if you look at that role and you look at around baseball, I mean the guy has to be one of the better long relievers in in all of the game right now. All right, if you want if you want to poke holes in what Boone did with his bullpen on uh, Wednesday in Game Two, here's what I would say is again. It's because he took out Green in the middle of an inning. So you have to go to Britain there. Because really what I would have done is given Luizica the spot right after Chad Green. But you can't do it in the middle of an inning. Because I don't want to be left with just my closer at when I got Luizica in the game. See, that's why Green's I gotta consider... Be the, Green's got to be the first guy out of the bullpen. Absolutely no question about it. And he took out Britain in the middle of an inning. So you you really you can't go Britain's your I guess again they're Britain's your guy to go to, but if there was a way to get Lewisica to start an inning after Green there, that's probably mm-hmm. where I'm going. That's where Ottavino would come in then, yeah. I think. Do you think I'm being unfair to say to me Britain really did a terrible job? 
I mean, he didn't. He did, but he didn't. I he mean, did, I, but he, he didn't. I know, but you can't go into that next no, inning and no, walk with two guys and no. walk two guys. You, no, that's terrible. You just terrible can't do it. You can't do it. This is the postseason. You can't put yeah. your manager in that type of situation, especially again when we talked about this when you went downstairs, right? That your point of Tommy Canley being the biggest blow. Oh my god! When yeah. you don't have Tommy Canley to to bridge that gap to the next guy that you're going to hand it off to. You can't go out there and walk two guys. Mm-mm. I mean, you just you just can't. Nope. And to me, as bad as I think Boone was in game two, um, which is my own opinion, um, I think Zach Britton, if I was going to blame this game on anyone, as unfair as it may seem, I, I'd blame it on him Fair. at that point if they lost. Yeah, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't be doing that. Uh, again, that's... You can't be walking, guys. You're just asking for trouble. You really are. I mean, and on top and, of that, not only did were the two walks bad, but he goes to Loisaga to get the righty in Luplo, I think it was, who batted 192. He batted 192 this year. And he has him. No, I think a, he had him 02. Was it the righty? Yeah, because yeah, they, yes, didn't it was. Want, they, they, they didn't want Naylor, who right. as quickly ascended to the top of my most hated people in baseball list. Yes. Uh, facing Britain, which you know, Sandy Alomar should. I don't. I didn't. I don't know how Cleveland uh, Sports Talk Radio reacted to that, but dude, he's your hottest hitter. I don't care lefty lefty. Is Francona making that move game? though? Is it Francona? I heard he's there in like a room. Yeah, but I don't think he's man. I don't think he's actively. Yeah, no, they now. said he was. Was they, he? Yeah, they said he was still making calls, just not in the bullpen, just not in the dugout. I don't know. Um, that doesn't seem like something that Francona would do. Well, I actually said, it. I said to Rye at the time, I actually didn't think it was a terrible move only because Francona is the guy who to create sparks in his team, he's going to pressure hand. And he knew that Loisica was warming up and there was two runners on at that point. He, he made Boone go to a guy who they didn't have a lot of trust in and say, okay, get this guy out. And he couldn't. He had him 0-2, and he gave up a fucking double. And I think that's where the brilliance of Francona comes into play. As as crazy as that move seemed at the time, he made Boone take Britton out, who you trust way more, no matter who's up at bat, than you do Jonathan Lewisica in a big playoff game. And he made him go to him. And they won. They won that battle. So I, I didn't... At, at the time, I actually was one of the very few who didn't uh, think it was the dumbest move in the world. I mean, maybe well, the dumber move was Alomar taking out Carrasco there and going to Wild Thing. How about that guy? Where, Let me tell where you number ninety nine. Well, had just the, to correct you because I knew I was right and you were wrong. Uh, this was on the 29th that the Indians president team president uh, announced that Terry Francona would not manage in the postseason. Okay. So that wasn't me. That was wrong. It was the ESPN announcers who had the wrong. No, because they no. Uh, if I remember correctly, they all were talking about Sandy Alomar making the moves, not Terry Francona. Oh, okay. I Terry, I'm it, pretty sure Francona was there watching the games, but oh. he wasn't managing. Okay. Well, I like the move. Can, can I didn't you just it. like, don't you think that I, I, sorry if I say this wrong. Karen Chak is the pitcher that came in for Carrasco in that game. 
Like you can't you can't wear number ninety nine, do the hair like wild thing, come out to your intro song, the wild thing, and then give up a grand slam like that. No, like, you're a loser. Like and you have to change I mean, your next year you have to change your number, you have to shave your head, yeah. and you need to come out to boring basic song or something. No, dude. you you can because you know, Wild Thing was terrible in major right. league too. That's <laughs> true, and it was it was game two, so uh <laughs> but for me that was that was the biggest mistake. I was shocked when he pulled Carrasco at that point. And and not because yeah. it wasn't warranted, I don't think. Like, it, I know he was getting into trouble, but it's Carlos Carrasco. Him, yeah. Let him be the one. Yeah, that if that inning is going to They said he doesn't have a lot. He doesn't have the stamina to go deep in games. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really surprised by it. Yeah, his, maybe his it was pitch count was pretty early, high. But I think he was in the 70s. He said he really hasn't built up stamina to really give them much more than five innings. And the Yankees at a... You know, started to wear him yeah, down a little bit by that point. 73 pitches up until then. I'm huge in Akron, Ohio. I don't fucking question what I know about the Indians. Huge. All right, so a few other things from uh, game two here that we need to get into. Look, look at my rundown I think here. it's that third baseman uh, we got to talk about. Yeah, I mean... Why we wrap up the bullpen here before we move on to uh, the three G's? Uh, I got to, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Roldis Chapman. Yeah, you I really he's not do. His favorite player. Uh, he's kind of a scumbag in real life, but yes, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it, and it's it's the weirdness of being a fan where you just got to ignore that shit when you want your team to win. Uh, and he was phenomenal. He really was. Yeah, I mean. Uh, People will get and, on him for giving up that one run, but really, when you when you look at what he did, I mean, it wasn't really his. It wasn't his. No, run. it was an inherited inherited runner. I but. understand that he's got a. You know, you're being brought in there to uh, not allow that run in, but he was in a tough spot there, and it wasn't a hard hit ball. You know, a guy finds grass in the outfield. There it was the only hit that he gave up in his appearance. And really what saved his ass was Gio Rochelle's double play where he made the play from his ass. Uh, but then in the ninth inning, man, that was as good as we've seen a role as Chapman. And, yeah. you know, Gary Sanchez, of course, had to make things a little interesting and have a role as Chapman get four outs in that ninth inning. But, you know, Chapman, he he was great on, on uh, in game two. There's no other way you can say it. Yeah, I mean, it was probably the best we've seen him look in a postseason. It actually was the first time I watched Chapman and came out of it saying, you know what? I trust him a little more. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that with Aroldis Chapman. He's always given me something where I just still don't trust him. Man, I want him on the mound to close out games. We might I mean, have to start calling him playoff really Chapman. I think he does well in the postseason if you date back to Chicago. Not against the Astros last year. Yeah, not against the Indians either, dude. He gave up a big yeah. home run to Rajay Davis in that world in Game Seven of that World True. Series. But you got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, a, a lot of credit. Not only was he did he close a clo- postseason game. Not only did he close the door, he he did I'm it in a dominant fashion. I'm calling him playoff Chapman. Thirty-eight and two-thirds innings pitched in the postseason, ten earned runs. That's good for a two-point-three-three earned run average. Fifty-eight strikeouts in those thirty-eight and two-third innings. Yeah, but yeah. again, it's when he gives up the runs, though. I mean, uh, he was great. I still, he still needs to give me uh, yeah, an entire postseason Houston. of non 
forgot about I forgot about the Altuve a- slider. But fuck that dude. He knew it was coming. Sliders, sliders, and the players. Before that, so, before that Houston uh, that Altuve home run, he hadn't allowed a, a run in the postseason since uh, 2017 uh, series against Houston. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting, Houston, right? Mm. Houston. Very interesting. So uh, you know, it, it, the Yankees probably don't win Game Two without the three G's: Geo, Gary, and Giancarlo. Uh, as we said earlier, Stanton with the big home run in the second inning to get the Yankees on the board, get them feeling like they have a shot in this game. He had a sack fly later on in the game, too. That, you know, was a big run for them. Um, and then, you know, you got Sanchez there who uh, anybody can folk, and I understand it's the worst, literally the worst possible time because it's the final out of the game with the pass ball. But we're not even in a situation where Chapman's able to close out the game if Gary doesn't drive in three runs in that game. Right, right. Because Gary also and had that a sack was a, fly, no? Yeah, in the ninth inning. Where I'm telling you, even the most diehard, and I'm in this category, Gary Sanchez supporter is fully expecting him to strike out in that spot. Absolutely. I, actually, I said to Ryan at that point because well, who was on deck? I thought, Ryan was, I thought Ryan was sleeping. Who was on deck at that point? What? Lemayu, Lemayu, right? I said to I said to Ryan at that point. I'm like, honestly, just give me anything but a but a double play at this point, please, please. And he and he really exceeded expectations at that point because he yeah, I mean, put the ball like, in play. He, you're almost hoping that he strikes out because you're like he's he's gonna hit a two hopper to short. And that'll be the end of the game. Right, because I was so confident, especially the fact that DJ was 0 for 4 at that point, that he was going to come through there. And I just didn't want to double play. I mean, that was the only thing I was hoping against. Christian, you I said, mean, you said what, 3G? 3G. I'm going. I'm going for the series, even faster speed, 6G. Yeah. We had 6Gs that dominated this series for the Yankees and Guardy, Gary, Geo. Garrett, Giancarlo, and Glaber. Yeah. 6G. Yeah, Glaber had a big game. Uh, game one. Game yeah. one. And did he? Am I reading this right? Is your, a couple it, are your headphones plugged in all the way? Because I can hear myself talking. Yeah, they're plugged in all the way. Yeah, two walks in uh, game two. Again, these are things, these are little things that, you know, you can't be understated there. He didn't, I mean, he didn't score any runs, but that's not on him, really. You know, the guys behind him have to drive him in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, get, you got to get on base in the postseason. So, Hell yeah. Um, what were we just talking about? I Gary. Know, get that talking G. about Gary's that sack fly. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, dude, that home run that he hit was completely win-aided. I think we all know that. But, again, it's a situation in the postseason in a big spot where he didn't strike out. Things happen when you put the bat on the ball. Hey, listen, for a guy who I think the stat was he had the most balls hit over 100 and something miles per hour, which normally result, a vast majority of the time would result in a hit, didn't for Gary, where bad breaks have have just been, he, he's just gotten so many, so much bad luck this year. Even when he, even when he hits the ball well, he just never put it together. For this guy at this point in time, if there was anyone who deserved a ball hit in the air for the wind to carry it over the over the fence, it was Gary. And you know what? Call 
you know, call it whatever you want to call it. Call it a fucking pop fly that carried. I don't care. At the end of the day, it was a home run. And it it really took the game in a different direction at that point. And it was fucking, it was awesome. You had to be happy about it. Whether you wanted to blame the wind or not, you had to be fucking happy Gary finally did something. Oh, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, the fact that, like we said, you got to put the ball, uh, the bat on the ball in those situations. I'm looking at the screensaver for Netflix right now because I, I want to give, I saw it earlier, the, the uh, trial of the Chicago 7 is running on this scroll here. Oh, oh yeah? Is it, is it released? They put out a new trailer for it. Uh, it comes out, I think, October 16th. Stack Guy Ryan, a big motion picture. Yeah, you'll see me if you watch it. Look for me. I'll be in the courtroom. If it's up for best picture, do you get a fucking... Yeah, I'll get an invite? Oscar. No, I'll get the actual... They'll actually send me the award. No, Oops. I won't get an invite. I don't think anyone will this year. Maybe I'll get a Zoom link. That'd oh, yeah? Cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. We'll all fucking crash that party. We'll all crash that party. Um, yeah, I mean... And then Giancarlo... As as awesome as that home run was, the sack fly was just as great. Or and and then didn't he get an out where he moved the runners over too? Or was that no, Gary was in the first game? Yeah, first game. Oh, okay, so I I mean you got to you got to give Stanton yeah you got to give Stanton a lot of credit this series. Uh, I know everyone who hates him wants to just put up excuses as to why his shit didn't matter, but they did. Um, every at bat really, almost every at bat resulted in something productive. A majority of his yeah, at-bats. It seems like every, it seemed like everybody had some sort of contribution to yeah. to this uh, series win. So come on, let me see the fucking thing, bro. Except the wiser. Uh, yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I I know Christian's just looking at a fucking TV screen at this point, it's but because I want it, I'm looking for Ryan on TV, bro. <laughs> um. And then can we just say Ryan was in Call Me the Midwife and be done with it? Yes, yeah, it was. All right, fine. Um, and then fucking Geo, dude. I mean, I'm Jesus real. God, uh, what more can you ask from a player? Yeah, I mean, you don't. I don't. I personally don't have that connection with with the players. <laughs> Chris almost just fell off his chair. Players with the players as much anymore because you know the older you get, you you realize you know they're making a shit ton of money. There isn't that player fan connection. But when you see a guy like Gio Urshela, he's not making a lot of money. He was sold to the Yankees for a, what? What do we say? A Sonata, a Honda, twenty-five. Yeah, million. and to do that against your former team, to watch that guy around the bases, I, I just I felt proud as a Yankee fan to be able to root for this guy and see that that the journey that he's gotten to that point of rounding the bases and stepping on home plate and to be able to contribute and help your team and do it against the team that gave up on you. Well, yeah, was was pretty. Pretty awesome. That 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 was one of my favorite fan uh, yeah. moments I've had in a long when time. When Gio was asked what was different, like what made him turn it around coming to New York, he's like, they just gave me a real shot. Mm-hmm. They took me seriously. They worked with me. And I don't think he was trying to put down the Indians as mm-hmm. much as he just was uh, showing his appreciation to the Yankee organization in giving him a real chance to be a good player and to bring out the... He is a good dude, player. Let me tell you something. I said this to Christian the other night. This is a guy who had a grand slam when the Yankees were down four to one to give them a lead. And you're sitting here and going, 
is that what made him the player of the game, or was it the, uh, hmm. or was it the uh, fucking double play? There or was it, it the double play? The trial of the Chicago Seven coming October sixteenth. Boom, there we go. And it's a picture of the courthouse. So that's it's a picture that's of Ryan Sweet. Yeah, maybe I'm in there. Um, I think going, it's after. If you're watching the screensaver for uh, Netflix, I think it's like after Moesha. And you're going. If I had to pick one thing, Geo did. Would it be the uh, ninth inning at bat where he had two strikes on him and he just stuck his bat out and hit it up the middle to keep a rally going? Again, was those it are the double that play? People don't that people don't take into consideration I mean, how Jesus. big something like that is? Yeah, Let me tell you something. If Gio Rochelle is not playing third base, and, and and if you had the question of why isn't Miguel Andujar in this roster, you got your answer when Gio Rochelle made that play, um, because they just don't need him. Um, yeah. When he, if he if he's not at third base, the Yankees are not advancing to the ALDS, and I will say that I will fucking believe that till till I die, because they're not winning Game Three. Not the way they they made it, you know. And, and to and to even get to that point, Gio Rochelle's grand slam, and then to further the game and to come back, it's Gio Rochelle again. Yeah, I, I mean, when we when we look back in five ten years from now and talk about the single most dominant offensive games and defensive games from any Yankee in a postseason game, you're gonna go back to Game Two of the AL Wild Card against the Indians. With Gio Urshela, and that will always be a game you go back to. It was that good. Okay. I'm, I mean, Jesus, unreal. Okay, I told you Gio was good. Okay. Okay. I told you the guy was good. All right, everybody wanted Anduha, okay, but I knew from deep down in the bottom of my heart, okay, that Gio Urshela, okay, was the future for the New York. <laughs> okay. I love how people were pulling receipts too on. Uh, after game two, when they were, they found the tweet when the Yankees announced they acquired Herschel. And everyone's like, <laughs> and just how fucking stupid, loser. How just stupid people were acting. Yeah. They were acting pretty stupid if you remember when they got DJ LeMayu, too, instead of Manny Machado, which I'm not putting down Manny Machado. I mean, if you watch the Padres uh, in their series, he had some big hits, but. Yeah, I mean, would you do it over again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, dude. I, if you go back to the DJ LeMayo accusation and then uh, acquisition and uh, and then look at what the fans said to that, that Cashman was being cheap. The Yankees will never spend big money on anyone. Um, and they ripped that apart. And now they're now they're. Are, who who are the fan, who's this fan base in love with more than Gio and DJ LeMayu? Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. I, I mean, and and Luke Voigt. I mean, you want to talk about a steal for the guy who hit the most home runs in baseball? <laughs> I'm I'm reading the comments from a Reddit thread of when the Yankees signed uh, Gio Urshela or got Gio Urshela from the Blue Jays. Look at this one of the top comments. This is sarcastic, by the way. I knew a contender was going to pick up Urshela. Need him for a deep playoff run. The versatility. And now, look at it. Two years later, if it's not for Gio Urshela, the Yankees may not be able to go on this deep playoff run that we might see them go on right now. To be fair, I mean, the guy just didn't exist offensively. No, I mean, he got sold for $23,000, dude. I mean, (laughs) I I, I understand that point, but it it is pretty awesome to look back on that. If I'm Gio, I'm, I'm going back to... To all of these the, threads. The point is, we're not scouts and GMs for a reason. And these guys right, are. Right. And <laughs> I said this like, 
people want to rip Cashman when this team is in in the in the shitter. And I don't blame them. I, I think someone needs to be held accountable, whether it be Boone or or uh Cashman. But you can't sit here and tell me he doesn't put he doesn't structure a lot of talent. And now you're seeing when your talent performs to the best of their ability, how fucking scary this team is. So sometimes you got to look at it and say, okay, we know now what Geo is. We know what DJ is. We know what Judge is and Stanton. If these guys aren't going to perform on the on the big stage, how is that the GM's fault? Because we know what they're capable of when they do. I mean, someone keeps everyone keeps saying you can't win, you can't go deep in the playoffs with a home run hitting lineup. And I and I say back to them, is it is it the lineup that's sitting there that they constructed saying we just need to get home run hitters or is it their environment? I mean, or is it the fact that they have a short porch where they play majority of their games and these guys hit home runs? I mean, no, what what doesn't go far in a postseason run is a team that doesn't produce and show up. When this team shows up, even against the best pitchers in baseball, they will win. They just need to show up. And it's something that the Yankees were streaky with all year, and they really turned it on in, in the biggest two games, obviously, of the season. Okay. So, I think that we can put a bow on uh, the Indian series there, right? Oh, one more thing I want to say. Okay. Gary Sanchez will never get credit for this. But he if, makes a hell of a grilled cheese sandwich. No, peanut butter and jelly. Um, when DJ, first of all, very uncharacteristic of, of DJ to throw that ball high coming into home plate on that relay. Because if DJ th- makes a good throw, he's out by a mile. I forget who else was on base, if there was anyone. But Gary fucking got up, got that ball, which a lot of catchers wouldn't, and came down and made a competitive tag where the Yankees challenged it. And if he was out at that point, Yankee fans wouldn't give him any credit ever. But I actually think Gary was really good behind the plate. Other than that, that ninth inning pass ball. Or wild pitch. It was actually a wild pitch, wasn't it? No, oh, pass ball. It was a pass ball, yeah. I mean, it was bad. But I thought he was pretty good behind the plate, too. I thought Gary had an all-around great game. Okay, you thought Gary had a great game, okay. Okay. All right. So now took care of the Indians. Now it's uh, it's not the main event because there would still be two more rounds after this. But I think this is the series everybody kind of wanted and is really looking forward to. The Yankees and the Rays will begin Monday night in San Diego. Five straight days should it go five games. Uh, Garrett Cole will be on the mound. Uh, Monday night, right? <laughs> Yeah, against Snell. Game right. one. I'm, I'm I don't guessing. know if they've announced right. Snell yet. Yeah, no, Snell is listed on MLB at bat. Okay. And then Glass now is listed in game two. The Yankees are TBD, but I'm assuming it's going to be Tanaka. And then the Rays have um, Morton listed for game three. And the Yankees are also TBD, which I would expect. But I'm ex- I'm going to say the Yankees are going to throw Tanaka in Game Two. I don't see why they would change from that. No, they have. So to. it's going to be it would it's going to be Snell, Glass, down Morton for the Rays, and Cole and TBD for the Yankees so far. That's what's been announced. The game times are eight ten Monday, eight ten Tuesday, and then seven ten on Wednesday. So there you go. It's going to um, be interesting uh, because. 
for me, it's kind of, even though without fans and the shortened season and blah, 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 it still really felt like baseball because you were playing in home ballparks. I gonna, it's going to be different now because you're playing in a neutral site for the rest of the postseason. I mean, for this round, thank God. It just Ryan made this point the other day. I think I think I'd give up home field uh, home field games just for the sake of not playing at the Trop. Yeah, if you told me this year that the Yankees are going to have to play uh, have the playoffs where you won't be able to play at Yankee Stadium and you won't have fans, but you'll play the Rays and you won't have to play in Tropicana, I sign, sign up me up. Day. Sign me up every day. But for me, um. I think that, well, first I want to say this. Aaron Boone was asked about Davey Garcia and if he'll be using him uh, strategically out of the bullpen. He said no. He said he he's here to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he profiles better as a starter, I'd say. So, oh, my God, bro. Like, I, I, dude, I hear people screaming about why Davey Garcia wasn't used in game two as a reliever. Yeah. I saw After, I saw glimpses of 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 times where I could have put him in, but I wasn't saying he it was a bad move not to. And it to. seemed like those glimpses they were considering Montgomery anyway. Yeah. Right? Yep. That yeah, first reliever when Tanaka Yankee, was struggling. We remember how people were acting when Clark Schmidt got thrown into a game, uh, right, right, with the bases loaded, and now you you're going to do that to. I mean, obviously, Davey Garcia wouldn't be making his major league debut, but still. Yeah, he's just it's just not somebody I'm putting in that situation right there. If you and not that Lou Isaac was a better answer, but no. If you want to in my opinion, if you want to rip a manager for a move and be credible, you have to rip him while the move is made and not after the outcome. So for me, I was pissed off when Loisica was still out there the next inning. I think Ryan was waiting for Holder to be in yeah. at that point. Yes. Um you had to go to someone else. If you were going to yes. make the move to go to to go to Loizica and he fucked up that inning, you got to go to someone else the next inning. And I tweeted that before anything happened in that next inning because I was ripping him and, and I was hoping to be wrong. But too many people are ripping him after the fact. Yeah, guess what? He brings in Davey Garcia, the same people who are fighting for him to bring him in. If Davey Garcia comes in and blows it, those same people are ripping him for bringing in Davey Garcia. I mean, that's just how it goes. I don't think we would have seen Davey Garcia in game two unless the game won 84 innings because of the fact that they still hadn't announced who was going to start in game three. And I don't think they wanted it to be without a long guy, a guy that can give them length if they were going hap. Or I just don't, I think Garcia was just being safe for game three. And I don't think that was the wrong move. No, no, I, I don't think so at all. So, so you think that, so you think they would have because Ryan said this too and I thought it, but I just wasn't sure. Do you think they would have piggybacked? Ryan, the, it's it's called rousing a social issue drama with an ensemble cast. Yeah, you you're the those? you're the ensemble cast, yes. bro. Um, <laughs> do you think they would have piggybacked Garcia with Hap either either way? Whoever started that game, I think that I think we talked about this last week. I think the plan might have been to save one of those guys in case the other one got knocked out early. This way you had somebody to give you three, maybe three yeah. innings. Yeah. You know, if you had to go pull Hap in the second, you go to green to get out of the inning. And then, you know, maybe Garcia is your guy to get you to three to six 
I mean, the Yankees were going to be in trouble with the way they used their bullpen in game two if they didn't win that game. I think we can all pretty much agree on that. Do you think I think do you think ahead. if the Yankees lose one of the first two games with Tanaka and Cole on the mound that their chances of winning drop dramatically? Yeah, I think if they would have lost I think they would have lost game two if they lost game one. No, no, no. I'm talking about in this next series now. Do you think the Yankees feel feel that they need to win those first two games? I think they need to win game one. Okay. So game That's two not as important one. to you. Game two is still, I mean, you're going to put it. If you Not win as game important, one, game two, I said. If you win game one, yes. If you win game two, then it becomes a lot. Way, uh, if you lose game one, then yeah, obviously you need to win game two. But game one is the game they have to win. I got to say, I'm very confident. If they're going to hand the ball to Davey Garcia in one of these games, which is, obviously sounds like they're going to, I'm very confident in him. I really am. If we're looking at a game five situation... They're going to bring Garrett Cole back Absolutely. on short rest. Absolutely. It's not even a fucking question. The, the people who are questioning this and saying, well, they could. No, they're going to, and they fucking better. There's absolutely no way they're going to jerk around with Jordan Montgomery in game five when they can no. bring Garrett Cole back on short no, rest. No, no. Absolutely no Absolutely way. not. Absolutely not. I, I mean, it just cannot happen. That can if you trust Garrett Cole to win both his starts in the series, then you gotta you gotta find then you just gotta win one other game in this series. Yeah, I, I mean it, it won't even be a debate in my opinion. So game one is the like we said we said this in the Cleveland series. Game one is going to be the most important game because you have Garrett Cole on the mound. You can't lose that game, and Snell's not a guy that's going to go deep into a game. Really, he's going to give you maybe five, get you into six before they go to their bullpen. Which is not a joke either. Like when the Yankees get into bullpens, it's usually when you're like, okay, let's go. But the Rays have a really, really good bullpen. The Rays are really deep in their pitching staff. And that's what scares you if you want to be scared about something. Morton, Glass now, and Snell is a hell of a one, two, three, even though Morton's been kind of banged up this year. He might be the weakest of the three. But their bullpen is nothing to sneeze at. We've seen how they've come into games this year and just shut the Yankees down. The Yankees are 2-8 and eight against the Rays this year for a reason, and it's because their bullpen has been able to shut down the Yankees in some of these games. Yeah, I mean, at least at the top of my mind here, the, the games I think of against the Rays were the games where the Yankees' offense looked the most anemic. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't show up. And if the Yankees can go into this series with the same approach against the Indians and put up good at bats, first of all, you got a guy in Blake Snell who has only been going five innings. Yeah, if he, you had, can he hasn't thrown that, more than five innings all year. If you can shorten that by any means and to at least to at least spread their bullpen thin for the remaining couple games after, you're still doing a positive thing. You gotta have a good approach. They can't go up there against Snell or Glass now and look like a bunch of idiots. Again, this is why game one is so important. This is the one guy that you're expecting in Garrett Cole to give you length out of it. If you're a Yankee, you know, if you're Aaron Boone, he's the one guy you're expecting to not even have to think about taking him out of the game until at least the seventh inning. And with no off days, you're gonna have to break some of your rules. These guys. Green, Chapman, mm -hmm. and Britain are going to have to probably pitch three days in a row if you want to win the series. You can't be like, oh, I pitched him two days in a row. He's off in game three. You can't. You want to tell me you can't extend a guy four or five days in a row? 
dude, in the postseason, if the guy's telling you he's got an out in him, you you're gonna have to get it from him. But but that Christian, can- you know, it's different this year with that. You know, I have an out in me, but you're gonna have to face three batters if you're coming into the game. So he. he you're taking a chance can, with these. You uh, can guys strategically. That aren't um, you don't have to pitch him three batters if you if you uh, right with two outs to get to get him the last out of an inning. If Green's like I got one in me, skip. Yeah, and then he throws four him in with you, four straight balls, and then it's like oh shit, this guy has to face two more hitters. Uh, my elbow hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> I'm just looking at all their games against the Rays this year. They only scored in two games. Uh, sorry. In one game of all their eight losses, more than three runs. Wow! And that's where you can attribute the loss to the pitching. Really, the games were pretty competitive. I mean, most of the games were were really competitive. We're talking about two to three runs in every loss. Two to three runs in every single loss. Their first loss, they lost two to five, three to five, five ten. That's the one game they scored over three runs. Then they lost two to four, three to six, three to four, three to five, and zero to one. I mean, it's been the offense. Yeah, it hasn't been the pitch like that. Yeah, I hate when people do that shit. They lost zero to one. Fuck you! I'm reading it the way I'm seeing it. Okay. Okay. Uh Okay. I mean, it's been the offense, and the two games they won, they scored five runs and eight runs. Jordan Montgomery. That was when he the, had that shit. Yeah, that, that was shit the game. start after Chapman tried to kill Mike Brousseau. That was the one the game Ohio. you can blame pitching that they lost. I mean, the Yankees' offense needs to stay competitive. You have to. They they got to find a way to get a run in the first inning tomorrow or Monday night. You got to keep setting the tone. Score early. Score early. You got to keep setting the tone. We we cannot understate how important that Aaron Judge home run was in this series against the Indians. Christian fucking hit it on the head, man. The guy could have went 0 for 10 the rest of the series. I think he went, what, 0 for 8 after that? It doesn't, nine, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It does not matter. What he did was invaluable at that point. He set the fucking tone, and they need to do it again. Mm-hmm. Fuck Blake Snell, man. I hate his guts. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. To, to me, Blake Snell's a scumbag. I love Tyler Glass now. I, I respect the hell out of him. But fuck him, too. I'm not pitching with Rona. I got to get mine. Yeah, he's such a douche. Seriously. That was a direct quote. It was. That was a direct quote. Off his Twitch stream, yeah. Yeah, while he's playing fucking video games. Uh, So I think really, if we're going to look at this series realistically, I'm not. The Rays can score runs. They're scrappy. They They always seem to find a way to score enough runs to win a game, even though they're if you look at their lineup, it's not going to scare you on paper. But the Yankees are going to have they're going to have to beat that bullpen. They're just there's just no other way around it. And the Yankees are going to have to uh, they're going to have to score a lot of runs too. They just I mean they I don't I don't feel comfortable if the Yankees are going to try to get into three to two ball games against the Rays. No, no, I it it's just got to I can't say this enough it's just got to be the same approach you you have to have the same approach get on the board early keep tacking on runs and don't give up no lead is big enough no lead is big enough keep having if the yankees can have competitive at bats we saw it last series it doesn't matter who's on the mound you have competitive at bats as a 
as talented as this Yankee lineup is, you will come out successful. Whether because it be a fucking walk, a sack fly, doesn't matter. You don't want to be in a situation in game four and five where Boone can't go to Green, Chapman, and uh, Britain. I mean, this is where or, my biggest where he's concern got is. Where he, he doesn't have his full complement. This you just can't. That's my biggest give, concern. You got, you, I mean, he. you don't want to be in a situation where uh, the Yankees are looking at a game four, you know, trying to lock down a series possibly, and he's trying to get through Wiseke, Holder, and Adovino. Like, it's just it's just not going to happen. You got Listen, uh, you want to talk about a wild card player in, in this second series? It's going to be Adam Adovino. You he's have, gonna have to get out. You're right, he's gonna have to. Right. You have to, dude. Yeah, you cannot avoid going to Adam Adovino in this series. Look at the matchups. It doesn't. I mean, whatever little advantage you can find to get Adam Adovino in a game, you're gonna have to do it. You can't avoid using him in this series. The Yankees. I. I it might be a bold statement. I don't think the Yankees are gonna win this series if they don't get big outs from Adam Adovino. I just. That's what I meant by saying he's a wild card player at this point. You have to be able to rely on him. And in my in I, obviously uh, this would be in the perfect world, perfect scenario. For me, he's the guy I'm going to if it's early in the game or middle of the game, and I have a three to four run lead. Um, and my starting pitcher's just, you know, emptying the tank and he's starting to walk guys. I'm going to Adam Adovino there. I, I'm not going to, I'm tr- I'm going to try to avoid going to him in the seventh inning or later. I'm, I don't want to see Zach Britton come in and do what he did the other day and walk two guys and then have to go to Adam Adovino there. I right. want to go to Adam Adovino before any of that. No, Adam Adovino is not coming in to get somebody else out of a jam. That's what uh, I'm saying. Adam Adovino's. No, I'm not trusting him with that. Right. That's I agree. And that's why you gotta if you're gonna use him, you use him early on. To start an inning. Right. Get him in there in a good in a good situation if possible. I mean, again, that's a perfect right in the perfect world. You don't want Adam Adovino coming into a big pressure spot with runners already on in the latter half of the game. I mean And the Rays are gonna be aggressive and Adovino is the Yankees bullpen as a whole doesn't hold on runners well, but Adam Adovino is probably the worst at it. Yeah. Yeah. Chapman's probably the worst, but yeah. Um, I actually, that's no, Adam Adovino. I think Adam Adovino is way worse. I got to say, don't have to argue about that. I got to say another huge thing from Chapman in game two. What well, who was on first base at that point uh, for the Indians? I think it was the, the eighth or not, it was the ninth inning. And he just kept throwing over to first, man. I said throw over fucking 15 times. He was doing a great job finally holding a runner on at that point. And again, you just saw a different Chapman, but this bullpen needs to be not only be good, they need to be efficient because we have five straight games if it goes the distance. And the Yankees' biggest vulnerability is the bullpen being tired. I mean, we've seen it time and time again that that bites them in the ass. Yep, and uh, other things that we can look forward to in this series or uh, talk about as we wrap up the show here. Um, you know, you know, it was a big thing when we talked about the Indian series that Clint Frazier was on the bench. Are you going to mess with that? You can keep him on the bench in this series? Clint Frazier is not playing game one, I'll tell you that. 
Because if you look no, at if you look at his numbers versus Blake Snell and compare it to Brett Gardner, there's not even it's not even a question because in twenty one at bats for Gardner, he's he's six for twenty one, one home run, he's hitting two eighty six against Blake Snell, where uh Clint Frazier one for ten. Hitting one hundred against Blake Snell. I've never Same been thing more... with, with with Glass now. He's one for one for eight against Glass now. Uh, he hasn't faced Morton, so that's where you could see him. But if you're going matchups and stats, Gardner's getting the start over uh, Frazier. I just got to say quickly, I've never been more happy to be wrong it, with the Gardner decision. Yeah, yeah, Gardy had a huge that's, game. Yeah, game huge, one. huge move there. I just think we're at a point where if it's not broke, don't fix it. The right. Yankees won both games. Don't don't start trying to reinvent the wheel, the wheel there. So I mean, if that's if you're not going to reinsert Frazier is there any other lineup change that you could see this team making okay here I'm glad you brought that up because I do have a question for you for you both is there okay so let's just assume Gary's going to play every game that Garrett Cole's not pitching in this series right Mm -hmm. so let's just say it goes the distance and that's three games if he goes on a fucking tear Mm -hmm. hits a few homers big homers big RBIs do you possibly see Gary catching Garrett Cole in the ALCS. Let's see how game one goes. Or even in, in game five. Let's see how game one goes. If if Cole puts out another performance the way he did in Cleveland, you are not touching that, regardless of how great Gary Sanchez does. I agree. If, I mean, Hopefully that's the question. I mean, I hope this series doesn't even have to go five games, but you're like Christian said, with the offense, how you're not changing anything, you wouldn't change anything if Garrett Cole still if he's striking out everybody. Yeah, if Higashi, I'm assuming Higashioka is going to start Monday night, and if Cole goes out there and dominates again, even if Gary goes berserk and hits four home runs in the series, uh, he he's going to be on the bench. Unless Stanton's completely dreadful in this series, mm-hmm. is the only way I could see him playing in Game Five if we get there. Do you think this is a fair statement to all of our listeners out there? Let's just say we wake up tomorrow and we're shocked because Gary Sanchez is in the lineup. Boone feels like he deserves it, and he's going to catch, and and uh, Cole has a shit performance. Do you think it's fair to say, please don't fucking blame Aaron Boone or the Yankee organization, that Garrett Cole should be able to pitch to whoever is catching him? It's fair, but... can I mean, at that point, can we at least take it from a player level and say we're paying this guy $324 million or whatever it is that if I feel Gary Sanchez based on his last performance should be in this lineup that Garrett Cole should be able to pitch to him. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't think you should blame anybody, but Garrett Cole for having a bad performance. If he does have one, regardless of who who his catcher is. And let's be real for a second. He's calling off Higashioka. The, I, it, it it wasn't like a, an outing where Garrett Cole just went with every pitch Higashioka put down. There were times when he called him off a couple times. You know what's interesting, friends. though? <clears throat> they're friends. Yeah, they're friends. Yeah, great. Gary Sanchez, if you want to pick which player has the most success against Blake Snell, it would be Gary Sanchez. Six for 20. Five of those six hits, home runs. He's got seven you know, I think walks. a lot of that was... I think a lot of that was early, though. Gary hasn't fared well. 300 batting average, 481 on base percentage against Blake Snell. I'm telling you right yeah, now. I think he was 5 of 6 with 5 home runs, and then I think Snell's kind of okay. evened it out okay. lately. All right, yeah, so if, if I'm it's not what mistaken, you've done lately, then sure, then it makes it an easier decision. Would you be pissed before any outcome 
if Gary's in this lineup over Higgy with Cole in the mound. No, nah, I wouldn't be. No, because pissed. fuck Kyle Higashioka. Right. Yeah. <laughs> fuck him. I mean, like you said, it would be on I gotta Cole say, regardless. Though, other than the throw into the outfield, at least offensively, Higgy was looked at least competitive up there. It wasn't you know like what, he bro, was lost, you know? I just, you know, I don't want to hate on Kyle Gashoke. He is what he is. But just the fact that, you know, people think that he's got an S on his chest now all of a sudden, it's just ridiculous. I mean, he's Kyle Higashioka, 30-year-old minor leaguer, 4A player for a reason. He's not fucking Superman, you know? I agree. Not Superman. All right, let's go. Let's go. Prediction time here. Ran a poll. Let's see what the fans had to say here. I'm going to give some shout-outs on the show, too, as we close it out. Uh, Prediction time. Yanks raise. What do you got? Yanks sweep. 7% of the fans voted for that. Raise sweep. 2% of the fans voted for that. Yeah. Yankees in four and f- four or five was the overwhelming favorite at 83%, and Rays in four or five, 8%. Uh, so 10% of the people that voted in this think the Rays are winning the series. So uh, I don't know if some Rays fans snuck in there or if we got some pessimism here. But so, you know, let's go. Let's read some comments here and we'll give a. Give some shout outs here. Well, first, we're going to first shout out Zach the Bad Shepherd. We'll shout out uh, Nick. Barish, Patrick will read his comment here. We really have to find some type of form. I don't know what that means, bud, but I feel you. Uh, a pitching form. They maybe just but, a form against the fucking Rays, man. They've looked. He said lost. He said you never know what Yankees team is going to turn up. He has faith and thinks they'll do it in four. Uh, we'll shout out JD35. Yankees uh, at OG Sins gets a shout out. RB Beltran says the Yankees offense will come back to life. Uh, they, I think they were pretty alive in the Indian series. I think he meant like they'll against the Rays Tampa. again. Yeah. At S2K Supercharger posts a gif of some dudes sweating profusely and says, of course, everyone will pick the Yankees, but every Yankee fan is like this on the inside. Uh, here we go. I don't. I. I'm not even clicking on this because your name is too long. Uh, blah blah blah. We'll go. Mo Oslin Jr. gets a shout out. Robert says Yankees in five, and Joe Wolf says hate to jinx it. She's already panicking. Yanks in five. So that's from Twitter. Um, what do you guys got? Let's go around the room. We'll start with Ryan. I'll say this. This isn't a rivalry yet. Okay. Yankees Rays, not a rivalry. Kevin Kiermeyer, you want to come out and say we don't like them, they don't like us. Kevin Cash, you want to tell us that you have guys that throw 98 in your bullpen, you're the 98ers, all of this bullshit. We haven't faced one another in October, and rivalries don't start until October. So all this banter, all of this, oh, yeah, you threw it Austin Romine, we're retaliating, that's banter, Okay. But this is, this is the postseason now, and the Yankees are going to win this series easily. They're not going to have to go into Tropicana. They don't have to play in that shithole ballpark. They're going to go to San Diego, win this series in four games. Yankees win in four. I love it. My turn? Yeah, your turn. Okay. Is it my turn? Can I have a turn, please? Can I, can I pull a Christian here and say that if the Yankees win, it will be in three games? Because I have to imagine that wow. if that if they're going to win this series, 
they're going to win with Garrett Cole on the mound tomorrow. They're going to win with Tanaka in a brilliant performance in game two. And then at that point, I think they're just going to close the door. I really do. If the Rays win, if the Rays win, it's going to be in those middle games. Um, If the Rays win, it's going to be beating Garrett Cole in a game five, Um, which I don't think would happen. So I have to say the Yankees are going to win this series, and I have to take the sweep. Fuck yeah. I think the dog thinks the Yankees are winning, too. He's getting all all fucking riled up right now. All right, so prediction time here. Chris thinks it's a sweep. Ryan yeah. says in four. I'm going with. I'm sticking with Ryan here. I'm thinking the Yankees are going to win this in four. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just think the Rays are going to be a tough out. That's why I don't think they'll sweep them. But again, it's going to be back to what I said in Game One of the Indian series. Garrett Cole's got a. You earned your check, Garrett, in game one in the wild card series. It doesn't mean that you can take the rest of the postseason off. You've got to continue to earn these checks, big guy. Right. Can't Go cash out it in there. Yet. Keep cashing those checks. Keep going out there. Keep earning those checks, man. That's what you're here for. They don't like you. You don't like them. Go. Don't. It, it, this is just what it comes down to right now. They are a bunch of scumbag pricks that we hate. They don't. It's the teams don't like each other either. This is not like some manufactured thing that the fans have made up in their own minds. The teams don't like each other, and it's super weird that the teams are staying in the same hotel, that they have to eat in the same cafeteria, that the the in, inside the bubble the same rec room that they all have to use. It's, it's super weird, but Hey, you know what? When they have to check out after, uh, you know, th- Thursday losing the series, you know, it, it won't be weird for you. Well, can I just say this worst case scenario, Garrett Cole pitches two games in the series and you have to have to expect Garrett Cole to win those two games. So what does it take from there? One win from someone else. And I and that's why I predicted a sweep. Because I think that they win game one with, with Cole. And I and I truly believe you are going to get a dominant performance from Masahiro Tanaka in game two. Where at that point, I think the Yankees just, just close it up. Yeah, I'm just not going to disrespect the Rays. That, oh, that's that they- no disrespect. I think they're going to be a tough three games. But I do think, think that the Yankees are can, are going to go in there and sweep them. But game one, the Yankees are in trouble if they lose Monday night. I'm just going to say that. But I don't I don't think they're going to be in trouble because I think Garrett Cole is going to go out there and earn his money, just but, like he did in game in game one against the Indians. But that's my thing. Not, I think that you're just saying four to make yourself feel better because if you really break it down to what what is expected to happen. I think that you can rationally say three games. I think you're saying four, but just solely for the fact that you don't want to say the Yankees are going to sweep because the likelihood of four or five games is greater than one team sweeping the other. I just think I expect the Rays to at least get a game here. If the Yankees win game one, do they win game two? With Glass now on the mound, I can't put that one in the bank for the Yankees. Okay, No matter what Tanaka does. If they lose that game, then are they going to win game three? You, I mean, you know, it's probably not right. Another toss up. And then you have another one after that. So if they don't win the first two games, the Yankees probably don't win the series. 
But if they do win it, I think you've gotten yourself to a point where with their backs against the wall and a young prick team, the Yankees close the door. And I think I can also see the Yankees doing something stupid up to nothing and not entirely going out there full force. Oh, they fucking three, especially dude. if they use their bullpen in the first two games. I can definitely see something like that where they might try to get through game three without using Chapman or Britain three days in a row. So that's another reason why I might also lean towards them in four games. Well, I think if they do win it in three in that third game, they're up to nothing uh, in the series. That third game, they're going to rely the most on their offense. I mean, that's going to be where if the Yankees are going to win the series in that game, they have to just fucking go all out offensively. Look, this is basically what it comes down to. The Rays ate your fucking lunch all year long. Now it's time to punch them in the mouth. Yep. Absolutely. And that's why I tweeted the other day. The You know, Garrett Cole's first pitch Monday night needs to be right under the fucking chin of whoever's leading off the game. I agree. I'm not saying I'm not saying hit him, but send them a message. Let them know I'm Garrett Cole. I pitch for the fucking Yankees and we're tired of your bullshit. And yeah, you might have beaten us eighty eight out of ten times in the regular season, but this is October now. This is this is where we shine. You know, go back and play in your dumpster. I agree. All right, so I think that pretty much should should put a bow on. It's going to be a, a very interesting series. I think this is the out of what's left in the postseason. This is the sexiest of uh, of series here. I'm not real. I mean, the A's and in, in the in the Astros. I mean, there's not really a lot of. I'm pretty excited for the Dodgers Padres. Well, it's I all think di- that will be it's all divisional series. games for the divisional round, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So you have the NL yeah, West the, versus the, the West. The Dodgers and Padres would be pretty interesting, but you know, then you got uh, the Braves and Marlins on the other side. You know, the I, it's a nice little story with the Marlins. I'm rooting for Don Mattingly, of course, but you know, again, it's just not it's not something that's really going to take over. You know, a lot of time. Still undefeated in postseason series, the Miami Marlins. What if they win the World Series this year? Wouldn't that be fucked up? Unreal. Nah, can't deal with that. They went from almost canceling the entire season because of their COVID outbreak to winning the World Series. I mean, they they're went. The an, they're the anti-Cincinnati Reds. Sixteen straight games being canceled now, and then they played fifty-three games in forty-four days. That was yeah. the Cardinals. That was the Cardinals. Oh, sorry, well, they played. They played a lot of games though. Too, but the co- they, sure. I mean, the Cardinals really. Yeah. Did something outstanding to make it to where they were. Yeah, no, but no, even the Marlins they did something really outstanding to not close out that series. Yeah, I mean, I come mean, on, guys. You tweeted this. A lot of other people tweeted it. Right? Uh, tweeted, tweeted it. Seven central teams from the AL and NL all eliminated in the first round. Wild fraud. Frauds. Fraud. They're fraud. fucking frauds. They're the decoy division. They're just yeah. there to fucking yeah. as a placeholder. All right, so uh, I mean, it's it's October baseball. It's going to be stressful. You're going to wish that you were dead after Game One, probably. But what's the alternative? To be alive, <laughs> not watching the Yankees in the postseason. I'd re- uh, I'll take this. I really thought I'm not kidding. Like we're all, we're all getting older here. It's your birthday today. In Game One, I was almost like I might have to walk away because my heart was beating so fast. In and Game I, One, in Game Two, sorry. My heart was beating so fast. I honestly thought I was having a heart attack at one point. No, it was pretty. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. I, I don't know if I would have been able to to do game a game three. 
of that series. Uh, you know, the Yankees can alleviate all this for all of us and just go out there and smash the race pitching yeah. and yeah, fuck the them. Yeah. Honestly, it's, fuck it's, the Rays, dude. It is, it, that, that's fuck them. Is. Seriously, fuck, fuck the Rays. The Rays. Yeah. That's that is the Yankee motto right now. Him. I promise you, going into this fucking game, fuck the Rays. That's all they're saying. Him. We can hashtag it FTR on Twitter. Fuck it. Where'd you go? He unplugged Hello? He's I, I, unpl- you- I unplugged the the camera by accident. All right. Well, let's okay. just wrap up the okay, show here. Okay. So hashtag FTR on Twitter. Fuck the Rays. Let's go, Yankees. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 196 of the NYYST podcast. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Stack Guy Ride, you want them to follow you? Yeah, follow me over at Stack Guy Ride underscore NYYST. At Chris Jr. underscore NYYST. At Christian underscore N-Y-Y-S-T. Thank you for listening. Let's go Yankees. And I'm sorry, I stole your gimmick. It's okay. I'll just say this. FTR. All right, Chris, say goodbye. Peace.